morning we continue our series called The Gift. We'll be in Matthew 2, 10 and 11, and then we will be in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Matthew 2, 10 through 12. When they, that would be the wise men or the magi, saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We began last week talking about the three uh, gifts of the Magi. We didn't go in the order found here in this passage, but we said we want to look at the three gifts of the Magi, the response to the greatest gift Jesus was talking about in this season of life. What is it? What is it that we can give back to the King? How can we bless the King? Just like the Magi uh, bowing before this little child prince, this child King, they got in front of him and they offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so last week we looked at frankincense. We said it was a a fragrant, unique offering and we compared that to your talents. We said you have a fragrant and unique talent to offer. You have certain gifts and abilities that only you have that you can offer to the king. And so we we left last week saying, what are you going to do? How can you offer your specific gifts for this specific time of life that God has given to you, that would be the frankincense that you could give back to the greatest gift, Jesus. Today, we're going to look at myrrh. Now, myrrh is an interesting uh, gift choice from the Magi. If you would put yourself there in the room, right? Uh, Mary and Joseph are there with this probably toddler. He wasn't actually in the manger anymore at that point. It says that they were in a house at this point. So this journey for these Magi had taken a while. They come into the house. They worship this king and they offer him these presents. And you can almost see uh, Mary and Joseph being like, oh, gold, good start. Great. We like gold. Gold is universally uh, a wonderful thing to get. Um, Everybody loves gold. And then maybe they gave him some frankincense and they thought, well, that's unique. That's like an anointing oil. It's it's fragrant. It's important. Maybe that has some significance to it. But then they got to myrrh. Anybody ever gotten a bad present on Christmas? Have you ever like gotten a present that you're like, why did I get that we used to, so we used to joke because my uncle and aunt, God bless them, right? You know, when you say God bless, bless their heart. Anybody from the South, you know, bless their heart. And then I'm going to say something kind of not good about them. Okay. So, um, my aunt and uncle, bless their heart, uh, used to give us Christmas presents and we always knew that they were going to be weird and that we were going to have no idea what they were going to be from and, and, and how we were actually going to use them. I, I kid you not, I remember one Christmas, we always got to open these, just this one gift on Christmas Eve, right? And so, as not to spoil Christmas, I think that's why the parents decided that. So, on Christmas Eve, we opened this one year and it was like a, an automatic chocolate milk maker. That was shaped like a cow. 
I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up, right? Like it had this little spinner in the bottom of it and you should put the chocolate in and the milk and it spun and it moved and you're like, this is horrible. Like, what is this, right? Did somebody pay you to take this? So Joseph and Mary are getting gold, frankincense, and they get to myrrh. And you could, I, I can almost imagine this little conversation going on where Mary is like, hey, Joseph, is that myrrh? And Joseph's like, not now, honey. We'll talk about it later, right? Because, because here's, here's the thing about myrrh. Myrrh was often used in burial services, right? So like, hey, we're really glad you had a baby. Here's some burial oil, right? That's just probably not the gift you want to get. But it's well documented that myrrh was used often in burials, in moments of embalming or preparing a body to be dead, so this is an odd gift for today, but I think uh, it's an important gift for us to think about, and I think there's more significance than there's some for us today. So myrrh for today is this. It's time. It's time. See, when they received this gift of myrrh, they didn't know this was coming, but... If you fast forward 33 years-ish to Jesus' death and his resurrection on Easter morning, the women are coming to the tomb, and what are they bringing? Anybody know? They're bringing spices, so probably they have what? Myrrh with them. So this is a foreshadowing of the very purpose that Jesus was going to come, to die and to rise again three days later on Easter morning. Mary and Joseph have no idea about this, and so this is a very significant present in terms of time. I don't even think the wise men understood the significance of giving them this burial gift, this spice that was going to be brought to the tomb on the day, on the moment, on the hour, in the time of the Lord's resurrection. Secondly, I think it reminds us, specifically in this room, about this. We have a limited time on this earth, do we not? We are finite beings. You and I, we only have 24 hours a day. Some of you wish you had 26, right? But you and I, we get 24 hours a day. We get seven days a week. We get 365 days a year. That's what we get. We average about 75 years. You get more than 75 years, every day is a gift. Some of us get less than 75 years. The average is right around 75 years that we will walk and talk and breathe on this earth. And yes, we have uh, eternity to look forward to. But what I want to talk about this morning is our time right now. I want to talk about the importance of our time and how we can offer back to God our time as a gift in response to the greatest gift. So I want to look at Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. Be careful then. There's some fill in the blanks here. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand instead what the Lord's will is. Be careful then how you live. This is how it is in your outline. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity and understanding what the Lord's will is. We live in a foolish culture. We live in a foolish day and 
age. We're pulled in 10 different directions at any given time. Let's pull this thing out, right? Okay. This thing can ring at the same time. It gives you an email. You can pop up five different text messages. You can have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Snapchat, all popping up on here at one time, right? I mean, I turned, I just, I do this every week. I turned it to airplane mode because I'm like, if I get up there and it's in my pocket and it's buzzing, you've been in this meeting, right? Where you're like, and everybody's looking around like, whose phone, whose phone, you right? You've been in that meeting, okay? We live in a world just with this little device that pulls us in 10 different Directions at one time. We have meetings. We have family activities. We have ski team or free ride for the kids. And we haven't even begun to talk about our jobs yet, right? I mean, we just talked about the personal side of things. We're pulled in 10 different directions. And, and here's what I think. I think we are stretched beyond any realistic limit at this point in our life. I think we are, I think many of us in the room are exhausted, are frustrated, and are lacking any sense of real focus in our lives. If we sat down for coffee this week and I said, how focused do you feel, especially in this season of Christmas? I think some of us would just say, I just hope I survive it, right? Like, I just hope I get to January 1. And then what if I said to you this? What if there was a clean slate in 2018? What would you really want to accomplish? Like, if you could only accomplish certain things in 2018, you had a completely clear slate in terms of your time, what would you say, I want to spend my time in 2018 on? Would you say, I want to spend my time on a whole bunch of emails? Would you be like, that would be all, you too, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Keep listening, okay. Um, Would you, would you want to spend your time with another stressed out holiday season? You'd be like, yes, oh, get me stressed out. I like that. Any stressed out moment of the year, that would be amazing. If we could just throw that in the schedule from Wednesday to Friday every week. Stressed out, awesome. How about more work? Like, I just want to, man, I, if I could just work like 90 hours a week this week, that, this, this year, that would be fantastic. How many of you would answer it that way? Or would we answer, like this, man, I, I would like some more family time in 2018. How many would, of you would say, I, I would like to pray and read my Bible more in 2018? How many of you would say, I'd like to start that project that I've been putting off for three years, right, this year? Um, how many would you, you would say, I would love to... Fill in the blank for you, right? If you had a clean slate, 2018, you could accomplish anything you wanted. Time was time was um, not an issue. What would you put at the top of your list? What would be the most important thing in terms of your time? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about how we can make the most of every opportunity. Not as unwise, but as wise. We don't want to buy into the foolishness of this world. We want to be those who are wise and we want to make the most of every opportunity, every second, every minute, and every hour. I just want to talk about a few specifics in here. And as I was thinking about last week's sermon, I really got to thinking um, this. This is your next point in your outline. God can only use your ability. That's what we talked about last week. Your talent. He can only use your ability if you give him your availability. 
God can only use your ability if you give if you give him your availability. In, in other words, God can only use your talent if you give him your time. I was thinking about this this week. There are many of us who are talented, who are gifted, and never get to use those gifts because we don't have the time to do it. And so the question would be, are, are there those of us in the room who were saying, yes, I have some ability, but I have no availability. Jesus, my schedule is full. It's already full for 2018. And, and, and the question about how do we be wise instead of unwise, how do we make the most of every opportunity starts with this. Are you available? Are you available? Because God cannot use your ability if you're not available. God cannot use your talent if you don't give Him your time. You could be the most incredibly talented person who never uses that talent if you don't put the time in. I mean, we we know these things, right? Olympic athletes don't just stumble into becoming Olympic athletes, right? Some of them are, are very, they're very gifted usually, right? They're good athletes from the day kind of they were born. They, they came out running the 400 meter sprint, right? They just did. And so, but it wasn't just gifting, was it? It was that they spent hours and hours and hours perfecting their craft, working on their strength, working on their endurance, becoming an Olympian, right? And if they had just said, well, yeah, I'm gifted, I'm really fast, but they had never spent the time to actually become one of the fastest people in the world, they would have just been fast for the rest of their lives, and nobody would have known what their talent was because they had not given their time to it. And so, what talents are you possessing that you're not giving your time to? If each of us has gifts... What are those gifts? And then how are we developing them? How are we using them? See, here's the the thing I see throughout Scripture all the time is that God often uses people who are available over people that are of high ability. Often. Often. God uses people who say, God, I've got time for you over people that say, yes, God, you need me. I'm talented. He does it all the time. I mean, really specifically... Um, Mary, the mother of Jesus. This beautiful little exchange with this angel in the book of Luke. And the angel shows up and says, you're going to be the, the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. And she goes, how can that be? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin. That's a whole other sermon. And we have too many kids in here. But um, then she says this. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Can I paraphrase what she said? God, I'm available. I'm available. I mean, can you imagine putting yourself in the, in the shoes of Mary, uh, this poor peasant girl who, who probably felt quite unequipped to raise the Son of God, right? I have a hard enough time with my very imperfect three- and five-year-old, let alone God is my child. That would be a bad day. I'm always wrong. He's always right. It just doesn't work out very well, right? <laughs> right? And yet Mary, who is unequipped, says, I'm willing If this is the Lord's will, then yes, I am, I'm available. 
God. Whatever you want to do, I'm available for this. And over and over and over in Scripture, God uses those who are available over those who are talented. Um, But, your availability doesn't happen on accident, does it? Next point in your outline. Your availability does not happen on accident. Uh, It's purposeful. You don't just become available by filling up your whole schedule and then hoping that something magically happens so that you have some more time to engage in what God has asked you to do. Your availability is, is intentional. Um, one great example of this is the Uganda team. We talked about them a little bit last week. Um, we just brought a, a team back from Uganda in the last month. They were there for about three weeks, a little more, uh, some a little less. And um, they engaged with this incredible orphanage uh, school there in uh, Uganda, this Kazozi village. And, and we had some great stories coming back. And I just want to have a little conversation with Krista about time. So, Krista, um, how much time did it cost you to just travel? Like, from when you left Bozeman to when you arrived in Uganda, how many hours? Well, three solid days. Three days of travel. Three solid days of travel. So, let's say 50-ish hours of travel to get to Uganda. How was that? Was that wonderful? Um, part of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. At times, we didn't, we didn't know what time zone we were in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Awesome. And when you got to, um, to uh, where did you fly into? Jinja? Um, yes. You fl- flew into Jinja. So, no, in Tebe. You drove through Jinja, right? drove for five hours. That's what I was going to ask. It took five hours? How were the roads? Um, <laughs> bumpy. Bumpy? <laughs> where they were paved. Oh, some of them were. Okay, no potholes, though. None. Okay, perfect. You didn't happen to, like, lose a wheel on a um, on a van on a trip to town one of those days, did you, Don? You did. You, did. you lost a wheel. It, like, the wheel popped off. Well, we found it, but it fell off. <laughs> did that take some time to fix? Huh? It took some time, right? It takes some time to travel. Uh, how, how long were you gone, Krista? Three weeks three weeks um so you brought your daughter Cass and so she has school so what what happened there like she was gone for three weeks she was so um I had to initiate by meetings phone calls emails to ultimately unenroll her from school you had to unenroll her yep unenroll her from school yep with the county superintendent perfect and then re-enroll her when we got back perfect it was so perfect. Yeah, I bet. It sounds perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Krista. Um, here, here's the point. We can tell lots and lots of stories about Uganda, but um, if it was about efficiency of time, they would have not gone, right? Like, if, if it would have been easy for them to go to Uganda, um, that, that would have been awesome, but it wasn't. They knew that. The minute they, they signed up to go to Uganda, they knew uh, we're going to have 58 plus hours of travel. We're going to have to figure out this whole school thing, homework, and how does this work, and unenrollment, and re-enrollment, and meetings, and meetings, and meetings, and it took a lot of time. See, Krista needed to be available. Cass needed to be available. 
the whole team that went needed to be available. And availability didn't happen on accident. It happened because they planned and they, made, they figured out how are we going to become available to these kids in this orphanage? How can we go and love on them? This isn't going to happen on accident. We've got to get passports. We've got to get airline tickets. We've got to make sure we have all everything figured out so we can actually get there and get home and spend time with the kids. We have to figure this all out. It doesn't happen on accident. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this really interesting uh, article that came out in the Wall Street Journal, I believe, a couple years back, um, when George W. Bush was uh, president. Him and uh, one of his buddies, Carl Rove, uh, one year, at the end of the year, they were talking about their goals for the upcoming year. And Carl Rove said to George Bush, hey, um, I want to read a hundred books in the new year. So two books a week. Right? 52 weeks in the year, two books a week. I want to read 100 books in the year. And George W. Bush was like, oh, okay. Okay. Or however he says, okay. And then um, tipped his cowboy hat. And then um, came back the next week and was talking to Carl Rove in a meeting. And he said, hey, Carl, I'm up to two. How many are you up to? And Carl was like, oh, no, this is a competition. I have a competition with the president. Right? Sitting president during his presidency, they got to the end of the year, Karl Rove won, he read, I believe, 107 books, and George W. Bush, who was the seated president of the United States, arguably the most powerful man in the world, read 95. Do you think that happened on accident? He averaged close to two books a week reading. It didn't happen on accident. It happened because he said, I'm going to read a hundred books a week or a hundred books a year. That would be a lot. Uh, it, would, it would have to be picture books. Um, I'm not, there's a joke in there and I'm going to leave it alone. Okay. Availability doesn't happen on accident. These are my personal goals for 2018. Right there. Still working on them. It's a draft. Um, been working on these with a couple of my elders. There are, I'll give you the overarching goal so you know and you can hold me accountable to this. To build a foundation for a thriving lifetime of pastoral ministry. See, I know that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I want to be your pastor for a very long time. So I need to stay healthy, healthier than I did this past year. So to build a foundation for a thriving lifetime of personal ministry, I will commit to four specific areas of development in 2018. I've got some helpful resources, some books, uh, an advisory board, things of that nature. And then I have four specific areas of development in my life. One, family. So I want to continue to guard my family's weekly Sabbath. Uh, typically, we take Sabbath on Mondays. And if you're like, I don't ever get an email back from Brian on Mondays, it's because I don't answer it, okay? Um, I don't get a text message from Pastor Brian on Monday. He doesn't love me. No, nope, I love you, but I love my family more, all right? Um, there's some different things under that, bullet points about vacations and monthly date nights. Um, there's even one, somebody will love this, about giving my wife a girl's weekend in Vegas, which is, she's already got a ticket, so it seemed like a good thing to put on there. Uh, the second thing that we, uh, the second, the second um, specific area is time, which has to do with um, my meetings and attending a time management course, um, limiting my meetings to certain days, guarding my sermon prep days. 
um, how I'm going to deal with emails and scheduling, creating top three lists, uh, a lot of practical stuff when it comes to a planner. I bought a planner yesterday, and I've been looking at them for like two weeks. I'm so excited, all right? Uh, Number three is health. So there's some physical health things. I am not as slim as I used to be. I I just stuff it in this thing so that it looks better. Um, uh, So there's some things about working out, eating right, getting to bed at a certain time, uh, emotional, spiritual health. Um, I'm going to take a spiritual retreat, possibly guided this year. I only took two weekends off of preaching out of 52 last year, and that is not sustainable for me. So I'm hoping to at least double that this year. Um, And I want to do one hour of daily reading a Bible and prayer that is aside from my sermon prep, because oftentimes I'm like, well, I am reading the Bible for my sermon, right? But I really want to be intentional about finding an hour with Jesus. And last is finances. So we want to meet with a financial advisor um, to talk about some financial planning for the future, revisit our monthly budget. We want to attend a financial peace university that this church is going to offer in this, this uh, early in 2018. Um, so f- four things. We've got four specific areas of, of development. And, and here's the thing. It's not going to happen on accident. It's not going to happen on accident. Like, you may have your, this is how I want to grow in 2018. It's not going to happen on accident. You need to make a plan for it. You need to make priorities and you need to say, this is what I value. This is what I don't value. How I'm, how am I going to use my time as a gift back to the greatest gift? It's not going to happen on accident. I want to give you a, a kind of a practical illustration. Some of you have seen this before. Okay. I'm going to put this down. You can hear me. You can hear me? Yeah. I'll just talk loud. So, um, here's what I want you to imagine. Here, here, here is you, and here is your jar of time for this year. Okay? You get one jar. You don't get two jars. You get one. This represents 2018. Okay? Now, um, maybe you've seen this illustration before. Um, there's a bunch of pebbles in your life. A bunch of things like emails and phone calls and a bunch of stuff that just like somehow creeps into your life and it kind of like just starts taking over your life. And if you don't plan, if you don't prioritize, it just starts filling up your bucket, right? It starts filling it up, filling it up, and you're like, well, I didn't plan on doing that today, but you know, that, that opportunity arose, so I'm going to take it. And you know, well, I, I, I didn't think that through, and so I better call that person back, even though I don't really know that I need to. And, and you know, that work thing, well, I'm going to do that instead of my family time. It'll be okay. I'll, I'll fit family in there at some point. And, and what we end up with is a bunch of pebbles that are not on the top four. They're not, for me, under um, family, time, uh, finances, and I better look at it. Family, time, health, and finances, right? And I fill it up with a whole bunch of stuff, and then I say, okay, at the end of it all, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick my family in, and then my uh, finances, and then my time, and then my, and then my, and then I can't get, I can't seem to, I can't seem to get it in there. If I maybe shake it, no. Um, and what ends up happening is we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. Because we've stuck all of these big rocks in at the end and said, well, I'll get to that. I'll, fi- I'll figure that out. We didn't, we didn't plan accordingly. 
See, but but here's what happens. You've seen this, right? Somebody knows it's coming. Instead, we say, you know what? Big things first. I'm going to put my family in here. Important. I'm going to put time in here. Important. I'm going to put health in here. It's important. I'm going to put my finances in here. It's important. I think it's what God wants for my life this year. And then, and then I'll start putting in some other stuff. Right? Maybe I'll get to those emails. I'll get to that stuff that needs to be done. I'll, I'll get to it. You know, I'll find a space for it. And we start filling it up and filling it up and filling it up with all these pebbles. And suddenly, somehow, Somehow it fits really well, actually. Look at that. It fits really well. In fact, I could probably put a couple more pebbles in there, right? What's important to you? Well, let, me, let me say it better. Make the most of every opportunity. Know what the Lord's will is. What's important to God? What does God want for your year? What does God want for 2018 in your life? What does God want? See, the, the best part of that is that uh, I believe if we prioritize, if we plan, if we put this in according to what God wants, God's going to make even more space for us. And we're going to find this jar not just like full, but like overflowing with good things. Blessings that we could never imagine because we offered God one of our most valuable resources time. We were available to Him. And so the big question is this. How can every second bless the King? How can every second bless the King? From a practical perspective here. Um, man, time is something in the church that... Man, we could we could use time. We could we could really we need your time. Like we have a kids ministry that goes on every single week across the street in base camp and down in the basement, and we need people who are available and able to just help out, to spend some time with the kiddos, to love on the kiddos, to teach them about Jesus, and to give some parents a break for an hour. Right? I'm not going to lie about how why we do that. Part of it is so that you can come up here, you can breathe, and you can hear Jesus' voice even if it's just for an hour because life is crazy. Right? We need uh, people to be a part of this worship team. Don't assume because we have music up here that we have enough musicians. We don't. If God has given you an ability, make yourself available. Right? If you have been given a talent, then use your time. Uh, we have a tech team. I want you to look back there in the back behind Erica. Is anyone standing at the soundboard? No. And I can get as loud as I want to, and no one can turn me down. Isn't that amazing? Right? Okay. Because we need some help. Right? We have, uh, we're, we're hoping to get a whole new sound system in here this year. We're very excited about it. We're going to have kind of maybe a sound booth back in the back, and it's going to be fantastic. But we need people who are trained and who know how to do it, and we can train you. You can figure this out. I guarantee you, you can be like, the pastor is too loud. I'm going to turn him down. You can figure that out, right? Uh, we need welcome team. We need people to help make this place feel like home. Every single week, there are people that stand out there, hand you a bulletin. And they aren't just handing you a bulletin. Their job is to make you feel like you're at home. 
Like if you're wandering around aimlessly, they're going to be like, hey, can I help you? They're going to be like, hey, there, there's some room to sit over here. Hey, here's where you can take your kids. Uh, it's something that you can do. Be available. Um, in your bulletin, there's a Christmas meal packing event from 3 to 6 p.m. on the 18th. Be available. Can you, can you, okay, can you like, are you able to pick something up and put it in a bag or a box? Yes? You're trained. Okay, you can do it. All right? You just received your training for Christmas meal packing on the 18th from 3 to 6. Uh, the 19th and the 22nd, we'll have more details on this next week. Can you pass out bags? Right? We're going to pass out these boxes to the folks who are coming in and we're going to um, tell them, uh, hey, we've got some other resources that we'd love to connect you with. We'd love to connect you with Love, Inc. in particular. If, if we can see if they've got any other needs that need to be assessed, we would love to help out with that. Be available. You can become a CAP mentor at the school. You can volunteer in the community. Um, and here's one really specific. Okay, So there's an ornament somewhere around you. It looks like this. Look at this. Grab it, grab it, look at it, grab it. Okay, there may not be, there's more in the back. If you don't have one, you're like, I didn't get one. There's more in the back, okay? Check this out. Don't take it out of the package, don't take it out of the package. Don't do that. It's not for you. Okay? This series is called The Gift. Not for you, people, okay? Here, here's what we did. We didn't do this. Suzanne Doherty and Matt Doherty and Elise Doherty did this. Give them a round of applause and, th- and thank them for this. Yes, this is awesome. Okay. So like we said, we had permission from the Ezra Jack Keats Foundation to use their artwork from their book, The Little Drummer Boy. And um, we were able to create this beautiful little ornament for people's trees. And here's what we want. I want you... To take this as a family or a home or whatever, um, take one of these. Don't take 10 of them. Don't take five of them. Just take one. Okay. And here's what I want you to do. And this is going to take time. It's not going to take a ton of ability. It's just going to take time. You're going to go over to somebody's house, somebody's condo, somebody's apartment. You're going to go talk to somebody that God puts in your life, puts on your heart. And you're going to say, listen, I want you to come to Christmas Eve. I want to celebrate with you this Christmas. And you're going to give them this beautiful little ornament. They're going to be able to hang it on their tree or on their, I don't know, on their wall or something, right? But they're going to be able to hang this somewhere. And they're going to be able to have a little reminder and memory of a couple things. One, all the service times, which are on the back, which will very much in a very practical way help them. And they'll also um, have this visible, just beautiful symbol uh, that they were given a gift. That someone loved them and cared for them enough to take the time out of their day to have a conversation with them and to say, hey, I want you to come and spend Christmas, Christmas Eve with me and a bunch of my friends. Cool? Does that make sense? There's more in the back. You can go grab. Don't grab a whole bunch and then take one for you because you're like, that's kind of pretty. I'm going to put that on my tree. Not for you people, okay? Unless you're a visitor, then it's yours, okay? You're part of our tribe, our crew here. We're passing these out to folks. We'll have them around for the next two weeks. It takes your time. Um, Let me try to wrap this up. So um, the staff, uh, our staff has been studying the book of John. 
And at the beginning of the book of John, there's this moment where Mary comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, they ran out of wine at the wedding. Do that thing you do. Okay? And he's like, and he says this really peculiar, peculiar line. He says, My hour has not come yet. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Okay, what does that mean? And we read further along, and then his disciples, his disciples are kind of bugging him one day, and, and he's saying, well, who do, who do you say that I am? And they're like, well, you're the Messiah. And he says, okay, don't tell anybody, because my hour has not come yet. Several times throughout the book of John, he kind of he says to somebody, listen, my hour has not come yet. The, now is not the time. Um, but the night before he was betrayed, he's sitting with his disciples. And he's praying to his father. And, and the first thing he says is, Father, the hour has come. See, um, I, I think sometimes we just think that Jesus was like, not planned out and he didn't prepare and he didn't he didn't um, put the big rocks in first no 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 no. he knew the will of the father perfectly he knew when his hour had come and and here's the heart of all this i want us to understand and number our hours as well and i want us to know and understand the will of the father like jesus did and i am so committed to this i'm so committed to this church that here's the thing i've never done anything like this before and it's gonna be fun i'm really excited about it so 2018, we're going to have one big theme for the whole year. Usually we have like a series and then another series and we cover like eight different topics. We're going to have just, just one theme with two focuses in it. And here, here's the theme. We're going to listen for the voice of God next year. 2018, the big rock that we're picking up and putting inside of our jar as a church is we're going to listen for the voice of God. Why? Because we want to hear from Him. We want to know where He's leading us. We want to know where He wants this church to go in the future. And we want to commit an entire year to listening for the voice of God. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, if I could just hear the voice of God? I mean, that's what I've been thinking. If we could just hear the voice of God, we'd know exactly what to do. We'd know exactly what programs to run and what programs not to run. We'd know exactly how to help out in the community. We'd know exactly how to love each other if we could just hear the voice of God. And so we're going to be doing that through um, getting really serious about a fresh perspective on the Bible. And Alan Johnson's going to be preaching for us uh, on the 31st of this month. Um, on what does it look like for us to get a fresh perspective on the Bible? What does it look like for the Bible to come to life for us? He's going to share about his trip to Israel, where he tangibly got to see uh, the Bible come to life before him. And then Todd Meredith is going to be talking about um, prayer and what does it mean for us to pause, to stop, um, to take Sabbath, to prayerfully listen for the voice of God on the following week. And they're going to set up, no pressure guys, they're going to set up the entire year for us, right? Um, And then that's what we're going to do. We're going to read the Bible and we're going to pray. And then we're going to read the Bible and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to read the Bible and then we're going to pray and we're going to do it listening for the voice of God. What is the Lord's will for your every second? And what would it look like for you if you knew the will of the Father? Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that you give us opportunity.
that you allow us to count the minutes, the hours, the seconds. God, we thank you that um, you know each day before it even comes for us and that you said to us, uh, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. But God, we want to not worry, but plan. We want to prioritize. We want to form our lives around what you would want for us. And so God, as we um, finish up this year of 2017, would you inspire us? Would you, um, would you clarify things for us? Would you teach us how to say no to certain things and yes to what you would want? And God, I, I just pray for us as a church that we would use our time in 2018 to the fullest, that we'd make the most out of every opportunity. And God, that you would speak to us, for we are listening. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand to sing our last song.